Hello and welcome to another Bertie and Paul podcast. Delighted that everybody's here tonight and a good the Good Friday agreement evening. Uh, I have I have my, my right hand man. Uh, Bertie is in the in the building. He's built half of Glasgow and half of Scotland now and he's decided to just just lay down his sword for a few days and enjoy the Easter times. Yeah, and enjoy the Easter holidays. Good evening, good evening, Paul. Good evening, everyone. And uh, I have uh, a man who keeps getting talked about in bigger and better circles. I was I, I walked down with I walked down with Mark Good the other day. They were walking around Shankill, and he nothing but praise for Mikey Dahl. Nothing but praise for Mikey Dahl as a as a a go getting professional <laughs> sportscaster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Michael's here as well. How you doing, Michael Dow? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm chipper. We're going to call you uh, now the ticket man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just call me in the know. And uh, we've got Stephen as well. Stephen's here. Corporate Steve's here, who who was uh, caught uh, going for a massage today for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very relaxed, Stephen. Very relaxed, Steve, on the pod today. He's looking very. He's relaxed. He, he said it was a full, a full burner. He said to me off here. What was it, Steve? Was it, was it your back just or your shoulders or what? The beats getting crucified. Yes, it was nice. It was, um, it was my, my sort of shoulders and back, and um, yeah, it was very, very relaxing. So it was, yeah. uh, it was nice, and uh, you know, bumped into Andrew Gardner and Putney High Street after it. So yeah, it was also very nice. So I mean, Excellent. we've got we've got lots of things happening. I mean, we've got. We've got Scott Brown now who's leaving the building in a, in a dignified way and he, he just he just sometimes you just have to be selfish. We've got Scott Brown, which I'd like to touch on. I'd like to touch on, uh, obviously, a red card against racism. Rangers are being racistly abused all over the place, which is a big a big talking point. And also uh, the fact that a lot of Rangers players now are beginning to like do like big press conferences like Golson. His front page, a big page in the Sunday Times. Stevie G's doing a bit of media. So, how's that going to pan out? Is it the the weeks and months go on? And uh, yeah, we've got. Uh, we seem to have a, a a car in the building. We seem to have a, an unveiling on the offering. So, uh, it's great that you guys could turn up tonight because, yeah, uh, we seem to have got our ducks in order. And uh, what are you thinking, Brian? Well, if you want to start the first, your first one about Scott Brown, okay. uh, I think it was probably. I think he was always going to leave, and I think it's. I don't know if Aberdeen are, are working with Stephen Glass will be the right move for him, but I think the, the, the decision to leave Celtic is probably the right one, in my opinion, for, for him and for Celtic as well. Are you sad you about it? From, not really, no, because I, I was kind of half expecting it to happen. Because I think I, I think that uh, Scott Brown's probably. This season has kind of held us back a bit. Yeah, so that because he's been the first name in the team sheet, and he, he, he's learning to sort of go to man. And I think he's kind of held us back a bit. The, the thing, Mikey. Oh, I think um, no, I agree. Actually, all good things must come to an end. Uh, Celtic's Achilles' heel's been been too sentimental to to people in recent years. So um, yeah, I think it's the right time to move on and. You know, he's done a lot of great stuff in the past, but it's um, it's a new era now, and you just need to look to the future. And maybe he'll be back one day, and that's great. And he'll be back if he's proved himself as a good manager. But if he's not, he's not. So, yeah, good time to leave, I think, for him. 
it's been, it, Stephen got me sort of thinking on spin, things spinning on axes. So, for instance, Tony Mowbray fails and then Lennon picks up the pieces and he, he, he enters a new era, he a draft. Whereas yeah. Stephen talked about it uh, during the week to me when he said that fundamentally, if John McGinn signs with Turnbull and Turnbull doesn't get injured, then Brown just becomes a a sideshow, maybe. If that transfer comes through, Stephen, you th- would you believe that, or would you, or do you still think Brown would be around? No, I, th- I think it's progression, isn't it? It's like you're Paul and Roy Keane, and um, Paul Ince getting moved out of Man United, then Roy Keane coming in and being a better player. You know, we did. If we'd have been progressive enough, we would have had Scott Brown probably, you know, maybe still in the club, but you'd have had John McGinn coming through. Um, what we've done is we've put all our eggs in one basket with Scott Brown. Now, then it's come to an end and we've not really got anyone there. You know, we could, I mean, are we going to play Callum McGregor, Callum McGregor to death? Like we, 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 we missed a trick there with probably John McGinn in hindsight when we look back on it um, to get someone in there and then move Scott Brown on. I, I, I mean, see, the, see, the, see the whole John McGinn thing coming to us and all the rest of it? I'd, I'd heard that John McGinn, the, 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 the deal, it wouldn't have made any difference. But Celtic had offered him he was going to Aston Villa, and that was it. I, I think for the, the McGinn thing was we we joined the party too late. That that that's my like that's my view. He was doing really well in Scottish football for a long time. We could have signed him in that January transfer window. We could, you know before Aston Villa had even got a sniff of him. It was just more that. It's just about more us being, like you know snapping up the best players in Scotland and you know if we need to pay a wee bit more for them so be it I mean I think anyone that knew Scottish football looked at John McGinn and thought well he's he's a he's different level like to be fair what they were saying about David Turnbull as well you know he's a really good player and funnily enough we've bought him and he looks like he's going to be a really good player there are just two or three times where you get like nuggets of players in Scottish football and we should we should be all over that but I agree with you I've heard the same that by the time I actually came to it and we were Try to do our usual, you know, throwing in a, a, you know, what I mean, a rubbish bed at kind of midnight and stuff, saying ah, but he's a Celtic fan. Then I we'd probably had missed the boat, but well, just well, a bit be more more proactive in the future. And yeah, were we were we stung by Morgan or the apparent lack of Morgan's capability to to meet? Which I still I still think he goes down as one of these players. that just a lot. Some of the guys were saying, oh, he, he was too bland or whatever, but. I still think there's a football player there. I just don't play him up front. Lewis, Lewis Morgan? Yeah. Because he was the I next think, thing, wasn't I, I, he? I think, I think Lewis Morgan... I think Lewis Morgan was disappointing, if I'm honest. Yeah, I agree. I, I remember seeing him play... Did he play was at Leipzig away? And, uh, yeah, he played, like, that's right. I, and, oh, who's that Like that big defender they've got? Um, Upamecano or something? I think he's going to move uh, to Bayern Munich. So, fair enough, he's a great player, right? But honestly, I think those two, he was kind of playing up front and they, those two were in for like a 50-50 in the first five minutes of the game and he just swatted them away like a fly. And I just, I looked at him there and I thought, you're, yeah, you're not going to make you're it more, at any sort of level. You know what I mean? Nah. It just, he but was mad. It tells, I think, I think you're right, Mike. I think the proof's in the pudding. I mean, he's playing his football in America now, isn't he? So, but he's yeah, talking like, himself up. He's in the papers quite a lot, saying he wants a, he wants a starting role in the Euros and... He wants to get in the squad. Has he had any caps? I don't think he's ever had a cap, has he? Oh, well, he must have got a cap when he played for us. All players got a cap when they play for Celtic, don't they? 
So I think maybe that was the thinking, but you definitely make it. So I think it's it's a play that happens, yeah, probably before that summer. And if we get them, then, but then I get in my head. Is it two? Is Sorry, two, it two yeah. caps. In my head, which is kind of slightly anti-Celtic with this sort of development of players, that I think Mikey's right. We had to get him a couple of years before because I think now Aston Villa was the place for him to go because I think he's really pushed on uh, in that sort of environment and playing with, with these good players, you know what I mean? And a, a good manager. So is Celtic going to hold him back? But then Armstrong's shown just now. I mean, that, it's, it's a kind of funny season in, in respect to we've got like two great we've got one great player that's shown that 25 million was an absolute steal and we've also got Armstrong playing just now and uh, Armstrong's playing really well like really well complete football player got the energy got everything about him far better that that McGregor's shown which we talked about last week but also we've got Tierney now you're sort of going wow look what we can do when we get things right you know and uh I mean, even that they, they caught the conversation today about I, Iyer and the Athletic. That, that conversation saying that Celtic have produced Van Dyke, not produced them, but used them as a, as a road, a pathway. And you're thinking, wow, just a couple of bad results, a couple of real a poor couple of months, and suddenly on a bad appointment can just knock us back uh, from that type of growing club. Because can you imagine? Can you imagine again? I'm, I'm being a bit mystical here, but can you imagine if we had a really good season this year and Tierney was in fire? Think of the money you could get for other players. Know what I mean, but we just we just we just went off it, and maybe I I will go for ten million or you know what I mean, where he could have been going to the Premier League for thirty million, maybe. Or better, you agreeing with me? You think I'm? Like I don't I don't know. I I don't think Ayers really cracked up to be. If I'm honest, he's a good player. He's a good solid centre half. But I think sometimes Ayers get sort of delusions of grandeur. He thinks he's better than what he is, and I think he's he's believing he's hype a wee bit. He's I'm going to AC Milan. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm cracking. But I don't know. Some, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's 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 a good solid player, but I wouldn't say he's any more than that. He's not. I good. think I think the mistake we've made this season is that we've got all of these players with just one year left of their contract. You know what I mean? Like that's the yeah. And we're go- it's almost going to be a fire sale, and you know we're we're not going to get. That's just been bad planning all round that we've ended up in a situation like this. Because all you need is one bad season, like you say, Paul, and you know you are selling them for a lot less than than you would have done. Do you know what I mean? That's like last season or whatever. It's just it's been a it's been bad planning. I think as much mm. as anything. So Stephen, if you if you I mean look at the other thing is the. The City Rangers media assault now in the, the world, whereas now you can't open a paper without a Rangers player talking about racism or talking about how, or now I even looked at one day, I was looking at something just there, and there's a, a new podcast out somewhere like right, the, the fall and rise of Rangers. I mean, they really are pushing the boat out in terms of their, their overall, uh, I don't know, their advantage that they've got just now, and also their persona now, they're really pushing it. And I can only see they're trying to maximise what they've got. And that, that sort of comes in, obviously the racism stuff, whatever. But that is that going to be another move in play in the summer? Or are they going to be able to keep... See, there's two things that, are, that, that Celtic have got a problem with. Mikey talks about there could be 10 players away at the end of the season. Easy. Easy 10. 
Now, our new CEO, which seems to have a, he seems to be a good track record, but he's coming to a new job. And if Rangers could keep a sort of a solid sort of platform, any manager coming in would find that difficult because it's it is sort of as we know, you just won five, six, seven, eight games, and you get to the Celtic Rangers game, and if we're slow to pick up. So do you think? But, but I, I think it's an opportunity. I mean, I noticed during the week Rangers signed Alan McGregor up for it was a two-year deal, so it's quite a good bit of business from from their end, um, especially given the the farce that we had last summer with trying to get Fraser Foster. Um, but I think it's an opportunity. Like you, you don't want to come into a team where it's someone else's team, and you want to come in and he can really make his mark. What I think. Obviously, we need to talk about the un- unveiling, and I love that word to be unveiled. Uh, I've always, I would always want to be unveiled, um, but I don't think it'll ever happen. So, <laughs> but if how he comes in, will he come in just now? Are Celtic just going to say right, he's appointed, and it's a case of he's a, he's got the Scottish Cup to go and win? I don't know, but any to come back to the point, I think he's got a great opportunity if he's given the money, which I'm sure he will be to create his, his own mark and sign his own type of player well here's so so just actually just talk about that then just quickly talk about that then so Mikey Dow you're sitting there you're the interim CEO I never thought about that did they just take him in bring him in right away he's free you don't have to pay any money and just tell Kennedy um, yeah yeah Barry yeah and you win the Scottish yeah. Cup yeah yeah there's maybe an argument um like to bring him in after Ibrox, just get that out of the way. Maybe I don't know. Like just for the sort of negative headlines potentially. But I mean, it sounds to me that it's moving pretty quickly, and I, I can't see them unveiling him as you say, Stevie, and then just saying, "Aye, but he's coming at the end of the season." That I mean, he's not doing anything just now, basically. So that would just be a distraction if if you if you made the announcement and then get like a lame duck and John Kennedy until the end of the season so yeah, I don't, see I don't know I don't know the thing about I don't know what the deal would be with John Kennedy but has he been given the job to the end of the season is that what I've told him or is he just interim manager until he got appointed so somebody else gets appointed I think it's that I've never heard it I've never heard them come out I don't think they ever came out and made it official did they like John Kennedy's the manager know. until the end of the season no, I can't remember them saying that um, just assumed that it's him until the he gets someone else in and if he gets a job obviously it'll be him but I don't think he is I think I, I think if, if we could get Eddie Howe done uh, within the next week or 10 days or whatever it may be then I would bring him in as quickly as we can get him because I think it's I think it's a it's an opportunity as Stevie says it's an opportunity for him to come in it's a, it's a win-win I think he, he can't lose if he goes Gets beat and win the Scottish Cup, then he's. Uh, it doesn't matter. It gives him a chance. It gives him what half a dozen games to get a look at his squad, get a look at his players, see who he needs, see who he wants to keep, see who he wants to get ready. And there's the issue as well. I, I, I think you're right, Barry. The other thing is, if you if we do, you know, assuming that we've got aspirations to keep at least some of these players that are out of contract then obviously you're going to have Eddie you're going to bring Eddie Howe in and you, know, yeah. you ask Ayer look I know you've got a year left but do you fancy just signing another contract and I'll make you 
you know what I mean, like my number one centre half or whatever it is, and you know, we're going to be brilliant next year, so don't worry, you're going to get an even better move, do you know what I mean? But we are, we are also, we are covering that. So, you know, and I could also see Ryan Christie the same, maybe wanting to play for someone like Eddie Howe, and you know, he's been terrible this year, but I do think, you know, his head's been, his head's not been there, and I just think these are the kind of guys that would respond well to someone like Eddie Howe and, you know, want to, want to play for him, basically. Could be wrong, but I think that's another thing that they'll be thinking about, you know, that they want they want him, to, Eddie Howe or whoever, to come in and speak to the players about what he, what his plans are for the next few years. Because Scott, Scott Brown did mention that when he was saying he had to be selfish and all that stuff. He did say that ultimately... Because he didn't really know what was going to happen at the end of the season, he had to take his bag and walk because he was getting a coaching opportunity. So that in my head thinks that he knows what's going to happen, and it might. I mean, I didn't really think about it happening straight away. I was just sort of resigned to uh, John Kennedy. But when you think about it now, it, 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 the quicker the better, eh? Just get him in. I think so. So I think so. So we're, we're looking. So just, sorry, Paul. Just to get back, just to get back on your, your your earlier point about the the, the Rangers sort of media thing. I think I, I think it's just the Scottish press. I think that's all it is. The Scottish press, because Rangers have won the league this season, I think the Scottish press are just falling over themselves because they they are uh, Rangers sort of slanted press anyway, and they're just, in my opinion, and they're just falling over themselves because Rangers have won the title and they just. So they'll just keep it current and keep it on the page, the papers every day. Well, go- I think. That- I know, but Sunday Times full spread of Goldston talking about he came back from heart surgery to be a, a, a European colossus and where they can go with this Rangers team, and then like, they won't let this racism go. Like every time you open a paper, it's a different guy saying they get racially abused and all that. And they've just totally forgot about everything they did for the last ten years. I mean, but well, that's it. I know. The last hundred years, whatever. There's, honestly, but anyway, I think uh, I know what you're saying. I know what you mean, but I, th- I just think it's a Rangers orientated press. I mean, see, see the save McGregor made. It was a good save, right? McGregor made in the European game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's guys on the radio and all the rest that comparing it to Gordon Banks' save and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> you're like, give it a buy, man. Give it a bye. Alright, it was a good save, but come on. Pull your They're head still in. talking about it. They're still talking about it the now. And that was about three three or four weeks ago. Didn't they ultimately get their backsides handed to them and uh, by a really young attacking team uh, and also end up with nine players? I've not really heard that mentioned much, which is maybe quite lucky for them. Well that's it. That's it. Two men sent off, didn't they? Yeah. So, just, just one, really, but one, just one. Aye, but I mean, and see, and see the thing is as well. I mean, I know it's nobody's probably, but I, I don't really read the, the, the papers any, anymore. But I didn't really see an awful lot about the the goalkeeper getting his the guy's boot right in his face. What was that all about? That's a just shocker. ridiculous. That's thuggery. No, 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 about that. You know what I mean? Uh, Nothing been... said. It's all sort of swept under the carpet. Yep. So, but so, again, that's the that's the that's the Scottish media for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're, when you're when you're reading things like Alan, it's, it's just the guys that come out like Alan Hutton comes out and says some stuff, and 
Just like, where is, where, where, what is Alan Hutton doing? Charlie Adam, Charlie Adam was on the, Charlie Adam was on the, the BBC Scotland podcast the other day. I heard that. How did it has done your time as well? It's, uh, a, a guy told me, a guy says to me once, I don't know if I'm telling you that, that uh, Charlie Adam is the only guy in the world that can bite a curly whirly and not hit any chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> did how did how did Dundee experience? Every time I hear, every time I hear Charlie Adams' voice, I'm just getting this mental image of Charlie Adams. <laughs> 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 it was like Gordon Strachan and Gordon Strachan years and years ago. It was the Marmalade Gym or something. Wrote that article in the, the Celtic View about Gordon Strachan was gone. A, a, a sort of strange position where he was with Marmalade on his chest. And it, like, I, I only read that when I was 10 years old, but every time I see Gordon Strachan, I just think, Marmalade, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so we've got this Goliath now, this, this great phenomenal force, relentless force and so it seems today is that Eddie Howe has been picked as a man to to resurrect us see what I'm doing there Betty, see what I'm doing using that sort of the Good Friday yeah. terminology to to take <laughs> his to move that stone <laughs> come out and lead us <laughs> to the promised land uh, first of all, before we look at Eddie Howe as a, as a, as a so manager you're, you're now you're, you're, you're Sorry to interrupt, you're, in, you're washing your hands then of Roy Keane that you spoke about last week. No, no. I mean, I thought that was the most, one of the most ridiculous comments I've ever heard. Oh, here we go, here we go, I mean. <laughs> get your builder's hat off. Come on, settle your feet yeah. down. Go on. There you are. Why, what's I, wrong? Just, I, I, th- I think we should just appoint Roy Keane. Sorry, I nearly crashed the car. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just couldn't go let's with that. Do, let's all do, do, do our, uh, due diligence and appoint Roy Keane. He's not been, he's not been anywhere near a club in 11 years. No, he's been... No, he, was he's assistant been... Ma- he was assistant manager to Martin O'Neill. Yeah. But Martin O'Neill, Martin O'Neill just keeps him under wraps, keeps, kind of keeps him in a tight rein. Let him go himself, he's a, he's a loose cannon. I, I, I was in a bad place after the, the, the Celtic Rangers game. I was just like, "Oh, this is rubbish." You're not yourself, Barry. But Roy Keane, Roy Keane, Roy Keane's not going to make any better. Mikey started talking about a Mikey started talking about a European coach of all this, and I just was like, "I'm just going to go right down this tunnel. I don't I care." I was just like, to, "I was like, I'm me. just going to throw Roy Keane's hand." It was me and the sand. Like, See the thing is. And, the previous podcast as well Stevie sort of picked you up on it but you still went down the rabbit hole he was like hold on a minute Paul say that again you're going to appoint Roy Keane yeah yeah I would just appoint Roy Keane and that, that was you away I just I had to I just was so angry about the lack of anything in the game and lack of Kennedy's talking this way I mean Mike had a bit of passion about him as well but I mean but I just yeah I went down the Roy Keane tunnel and I'm going I, no I just I, Maybe maybe he's still maybe he's still gonna get a gig, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, I mean so apart from me going down a, a rabbit hole, the, the fact of the matter is Eddie Howe seems to be seems to be the man. So we've got yeah, Mikey Dahl, who, Mikey who's the preferred candidate. Mikey who who's, who's watched a few film games and, and knows the that sort of level inside <laughs> out because he's got a season ticket. Oh, to stay still and then 
obviously better. You watch a lot of football. Stevens watched a lot of football. So I went down a wee deep, deep dive anyhow, and I'm trying to get get it right in my head because I because there's different sort of vari- variants of them. But just gut, just give me Stephen, give us your gut instinct today. Were you? It's Good Friday. Eddie Howe's becoming the Celtic manager. You think the the peers going bananas? WhatsApp's going. I you think. think- I think it's. I, I, I've got a good feeling about him. I mean, my, I do have a good feeling, my, my, a good gut sort of feeling about it. Um, I do have a slight concern about the the David Brent esque um, football manager, like we had with <laughs> Brendan Rodgers, and there was a clip that Martin shared about him doing very, very David Brent sort of stuff. It does sort of, uh, yeah is a little bit but as Mikey said and probably Mikey you'll be better off talking about this players respond to that for some reason players respond to David Brent I don't know why but they do your gut feeling's good but Stephen yeah yeah it's positive I'm positive I, I'm concerned though with the, you need to be careful with these characters if they, they, they you know they, they have a, you know, a couple of years to make an impact we need to build infrastructure around them so that we don't just get burnt again I suppose we spoke about that earlier but you know these guys come in, they're quite intense um, and they, they do make an impact, but if you can continue that on, I'd like to see a bit of progression, that's my view. So, Barry, your gut? Uh, I mean, I, I, I like so Ed, I think I think he'd be a good manager, I think he would be, but... Eddie? I'm, first name, Eddie, I'm sorry, first name! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think first name, Barry! I, I feel as if I'm I feel as if I'm a bit torn. If I'm honest, I don't. I, I don't know. I think he'll probably be okay. But what I, I read a thing today as well that there's talk of his director of football coming as well from Bournemouth. I can't remember the guy's name, but there's talk of him coming as well. So it'll be like Eddie Howe, Bournemouth director of football. I can't remember his name. Then Eddie Howe, and he's just like management team. And that, that sort of concerns us a wee bit because, as Stevie said, I think if, if Eddie Howe leaves, then it takes everybody with him again. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that would be the case, but I think everybody everybody go, goes with him. You've been, and, born, uh, you've been bumped left. too badly, haven't you? Brendan Rodgers has left his scar. I have. And the other thing, the other thing I was kind of sort of concerning well, is we had... I mean, Barry, Barry, before you go, angel, Barry, you know, you're not concerned about Eamon Holmes? Eamon Holmes is a turn. <laughs> this is a turn, Barry. <laughs> no concerned about Eamon? No? No, Eamon's all right. Eamon's all right. He can look after himself. He's a turn. Um, Sorry, Barry. Sorry. But I, I think, I think the other thing that I, I would, I would ask, I'd like to ask the panel is, what about the, this director of football thing? I mean, is this, is, is the director of football going to happen, or is, is it we just appointing Eddie Howe? I mean, everybody since Lennon left, the, the. The optics, or the, the optics of the situation, are that Celtic are going to appoint a director of football. Now everything just seems to have turned to are we going to appoint Eddie Howe as the manager? But I don't, I don't know if they, they're still going down this director of football route or if they were, if they ever were. So, Mikey, then, so Mikey, your gut feeling then take Berties and run with it because you know a bit more about the, the director of football stuff. Um, uh, no, I. I I think he's a. I'm pleased that we're being linked with him. I think that he's the. He's he's a good candidate for Celtic. I just feel a bit like, obviously, there's going to be reservations about every manager, but I do 
think that it's a good fit for Celtic. Just from and it's more from what we've had, if you know what I mean. I think if you're if you want to get like the, the complete opposite of Neil Lennon in, uh, you know, I think Eddie Howe is that. I think he's very from what I've from what I've seen of him, what I understand about him, you know, it's very focused on the tactics and you know, how you build a a football team and a philosophy and how you play and how you adapt your teams to, to play, you know, in different ways against different oppositions. So, you know, I suppose more of a sort of thinker. Um, so, and I, I do feel like that that's what we need at, at the moment. And obviously, um, you know, I, I, I look at his records. He's got a relegation, uh, which I completely take, which is uh, not something that, I'm a big fan of, but then I do think it kept him in that Premier League for four or five years, and that's that. There's got he's got to have something about him if if he's able to do that. So, and and the very fact that he wants a job is is um, encouraging enough for me because I think there's a lot of kind of English Premiership, you know, fanboy kind of. Tight managers, or maybe put someone like a Lampard or something like that in that in that category. You know, I think the fact that he wants to come to Celtic means he gets it. He knows what the opportunity is for him, um, and I think that's I think that's really good. So yeah, I was I was pleased. I think he's the best candidate. I mean, I, he's probably not the best candidate. You know, I would have liked to seen us go for a European coach. But be honest with Dermot Desmond at Celtic, I don't think we're ever we're ever going to do that. So, of the if we're kind of looking at British-based managers, I think that he's he's the best one that's available. So the the, te- the technical director piece, I'm making that. So he's he's bringing he's bringing the Scottish guy. Is it Richard is Richard Hughes? Is it is that the name? Yeah. Well, I mean that's the rumor. So yeah. I was listening today in one of the podcasts I was listening to. And he, so basically. Their best mates. So uh, one of his tough times. Again, I can, again, you can contradict me. I'm just using his words. One of his toughest times is anyhow when he got injured. He went to Portsmouth, got injured, and he had like two years. It, it, it was through the Redknapp era when they were trying to get promoted, and he had two years of real doldrums, the injury, and the guy that took him through it. And this is him talking 2017 or whatever. Was Hughes. So he talks about him as a guy that he's he's go to guy. Mm. The other the other piece there is, but he just talk, touching you. The, the other guy he was number two was a Tilsley, Jason Tilsley. But I think Tindall, he I think Tindall, sorry Tindall. He, I think he's in he's in a job just now, so he's not going to come as a number two. So he, so or unless he leaves a job a coaching job to come. But I've not heard his name mentioned yet. So, so do I want? Do you want a package to be good, two good friends, which you know, then they're both of them are going to leave at the same time, or is this two different career paths or somebody? I'm not sure. I don't know how that fits. To me, my kind of my take on that is that um, the, the thing is right. Obviously, if if Eddie Howe's been sounded out about the Celtic job, and he's asked Richard Hughes, who you know is Scottish, is a Celtic supporter, which by the way, obviously we've been discussing today, that's not a yeah. prerequisite to be a, to be <laughs> um, 
to be considered. In some ways, it, in some ways, it might be a negative, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to put put in his shoes. If he's like, ah, look, I've, you know, obviously, I've been offered Celtic, in, you know, Richard's going to look at it and go, well, that's a great opportunity for you, and it's, you know, it's a great opportunity for me, I would imagine. But uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it more like that. You know, obviously he's going to be the first person to call. He knows that he's a he knows Celtic, and he's from a kind of, you know, what I mean, he's he's obviously going to ask him about it. So it doesn't surprise me that he's then going to say, oh, well, you know, so much. Do you fancy coming up? So um, but then there's the other thing that I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't know enough about the different roles. I was reading that you could have a technical director who's you know basically working with. Eddie Howe so maybe maybe that's what he's been maybe people are putting two and two together and coming up with five because maybe he just wants Richard to come to Celtic with him as part of his team and Celtic are still looking for a director of football to do the other stuff which would avoid the, the Brendan Rodgers scenario where you know one one person ups and leaves and takes everyone with them surely that's got to be what they're thinking and there's been too much chat about this Fergal Sharkey guy for it not to not to come off I think I mean it basically sounded as if it had been a done deal so you know I mean, Stephen, Stephen made a song up about him straight away I mean so it was pretty much <laughs> Paul McCulkin's announced him already so so no I don't know I, I just think there's probably I, I just think what's happened and I hope obviously you know I'm going to give maybe the board a bit of credit here is you know they've identified the guy that they want to be the most you know you Arguably, it's the most important one. They've identified Eddie Howe, but the reason that it's not been announced yet, are, you know, is all these discussions now. Right? Well, you know, who are you bringing in? Well, I want to bring in, you know, Richard Hughes and a couple of other people. Well, we're still going down the director of football route, so you know, maybe that is what all the discussions are going on the now. So I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just going to focus on the good bit, the good part of it now, and I think it is getting someone like Eddie Howe in because I think it'll be really interesting to see how he does well, what does I'm going to quickly go through his just the top of my head so it's to see so let's focus on the positives then 12 years longest one of the longest serving managers British managers ever 12 years at one club he's 30 odd years old 31, 32 gets an injury that destroys his career Bournemouth, Bournemouth fans do a fan thing get together and bring him back from Portsmouth. Actually, the fans brought him back because he was so loved. He's in Bournemouth. He gets the job. There are 30, there are 21 out of 22 teams in this League 2. And then he goes in this championship. I mean, it only can be described as a football manager, championship manager, Odyssey. He, after six years, if six years he gets promoted Six years, four promotions, whatever it is, three or four promotions, and suddenly he's in the Premier League and stays there for five seasons. And and some of the stuff they're saying, well, look, Bournemouth was Eddie. How? That's, it was basically essentially his club. It was Aston Wenger. He knew everybody. He ran the place. So we've got this type of... And then I suppose looking at the, that fact of, do, has he won any trophies? Well, in my mind... That in itself is it's just it's there's not many people have done it. In fact, I don't think there's anybody really. I mean, your man Graham Taylor for Watford all those years ago. Remember, he took them up from nothing. Or, but I mean, he really is. 
a one-man club, although he left for a couple of days and came back. But really, but the the the, the point in the Premier League, which I'm going to touch on, that's a kind of negative, is they get ninth, then twelfth, then it starts to decrease. But in my sort of logic, the Premier League was getting better. Better managers were coming, it was coming a better place. And Bournemouth is just a small club. It's a town, town club. It wasn't built for Premier League football and they played good football at times. So so we're getting a, we're definitely getting a personality. We're getting somebody who is who is he is a workaholic. He thinks about football every single day of his life. He's very, very intense. And I don't know if I buy the Brendan Rogers stuff. I didn't really see it as much as you guys did in that video. I just seen a guy that was trying to talk to young players and trying to. So I mean, it's, it can't be the easiest job. But the point, the point is, I, one of the points of his success was he was four four two, which he always had kind of two up front, which is just interesting. I think from a, a Celtic point of view, what? But one of the 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 things in the Premier League was his teams always scored loads of goals but also they're letting lots of goals and that would be a flag for me because I I want Celtic to be set up better defensively especially for Europe but then in his last season injuries and it all fell apart and I don't know is that a red flag for me I'm not too sure that's just is that just an experience Gordon Strachan he'd what Coventry every year fighting relegation and come up and done a really good job with, with Celtic so I, I'm fairly positive at one stage today when I was doing the, when I was in the garden I was doing the I was like is this the manager if he's continuing to learn is he the manager to win as a, a European trophy because what, what you've got is you've got logically a guy that's very very focused on his task which is Celtic and he's very loyal as well and he's very, very focused on individual players' improvement. That's, again, it's a Brendan Rodgers trait, but he has done that over his career. He wants to improve himself and individuals. And when I was listening to that piece, I'm thinking, is this, 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 this going to be the, that spark that takes us to a different level? I don't know. I don't know. But what do you think, Ben? Are you... Am I just getting a bit carried away? No, I don't know. I don't know. I think it just all sort of remains to be seen. I think that the, the so see the Richard. What's his name? Richard Hughes. Yeah. So is he is he is he the, is he the director of football at Bournemouth? So I, again, I don't really. I, I think there's differences. He's called the technical director of football. Not a technical director, and basically, I think he was doing what that Nick Hammond was doing at Celtic, which is kind of in charge of the transfers. And my understanding of the director of football or what they were wanting the the Man City guy was was more about uh, kind of like the, like the pathways manager or something like that, and kind of like try build like who's coming through from um, you know from the youth setup going all the way through. And I, I kind of got the impression that he was more like just doing the recruitment side of things. Um, yeah, but he, he was a, he was the right flag in that, Mikey, for me slightly. Was it uh, when Eddie Howe's talking? He says, Richard, what we struggled with was Richard was doing all the recruitment, but we had championship players, guys that we knew. Then it got to a level where Bournemouth had to go into the European market. And when that started to happen, they didn't pick up 
good quality players. That's he said that himself. He said it was kind of it was more difficult. So we're not getting unless I don't know what Richard Hughes has done since then. But are we getting what we really want is a a, a, a top top European transfer specialist, yeah. or do we need and that? I don't know. Well, you might be right, but again, I'm just wondering whether you know. I know his name's getting put in the mix, but do, do we necessarily know what his role's going to be? If you know what I mean. I mean that's it's again. People are he's a technical director at Bournemouth just now, so people are saying, "Oh, I well, he's just going to be the Celtics director of football." Might not be that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's going to come in as you know, like I say, responsible for the transfers or responsible for. You know, d- different parts of how the football club is run, and we we still get this overall director of football. I, I don't know, like that. That's just that's that's my feeling. Um, I, th- I just get the impression he would be he'd be wanting Richard to be involved at some level, rather than it necessarily being the exact role he's doing for Bournemouth. But I could be wrong. I think. I mean, the the the, the, the kind of concerning thing for me is is that if he comes in as the director of football, then it's no, it's no, well, it is the board's appointment, of course it's the board's appointment, but it's no the board's appointment if you get my drift. It's Eddie Howe that wants to bring him with him. Do you know what I mean? And my concern is then, is that maybe in, in, a, in 18 months' time, when Eddie Howe gets offered the, I don't know, Sheffield United job or Watford or something like that that'll burn the league and goes that Richard Trude will just go with him and then we're back to square one again but, we don't have a director of football but here's the here's the thing like Paul just said doesn't strike I mean people have kind of made the comparison with Brendan Rodgers doesn't strike me like the kind of guy that's just going to disappear you know what I mean under the cloak of darkness and go down to Leicester I don't get the impression that that I'm not saying that ultimately he's not looking to go back down to England and get a big job, but is he going to be as deceitful uh, and sleek it as, as Brendan Rodgers? You know, I think we were just unlucky with that. I, you know, I said it last time. I think we all we were all, we all just wanted to believe that Brendan Rodgers wasn't a a dick, and he he, he, he was, and he proved he was. Um, so I, I, it doesn't bother me. That it doesn't bother me as much. And remember, I. You know, again, from what I know of Richard Hughes, he'll see this as a massive step up, a massive job for him. So it's not to say, if he is the director of football, who's to say that, you know, like Eddie Howe will know that that's his absolute dream job. So who's to say that, you know, if Eddie Howe did step away, that he wouldn't stay on anyway? I, I wouldn't, yeah. Basically, I'm not as kind of concerned about a Rogers thing happening. But then I still do think, you know, it would be good to have like to have some, you know, someone else completely from outside as well to be in the mix to oversee different parts of the football club to make sure we're not in the same uh, situation. Yeah. The difficulty, the, the thing is there, and, and, and that that is the logical way of doing it. But then you get the difficulty to make sure it all gels, and I suppose that's where your rugby guy comes in. You know, his role should be, rather than what maybe Lowell's role was, um, he just got involved in everything, apparently. You know, he, he, this rugby guy's role should just make sure it all runs sort of smoothly, the relationships are working, and it's not a case of, 
you know, you would want Eddie Howe really to come in and appoint his backroom team. So you'd say, right, you can get your assistant manager, a wee first team coach, somebody hand the cones out and the bibs and stuff, and you know, and that's it. <laughs> and then, then the football guy comes in, whether it's a Man City guy, maybe with a bit of a European slant, but this, this sort of rugby guy at the top of it all should make sure it's all working together and there's no animosity because it easily could could creep in, you know. And I do, I don't know why, but I always still look at Jock Brown and all the stuff that was going on there. And I know it's not the same. I know, mate, but it, it just still, still haunts me a wee bit. So basically, Mikey, what you're saying here, just to get this crystal clear, you're saying that we've got uh, uh, Dominic Mackay, who's, I mean, I was using his track record, his track record's excellent. And yep. then he has got two buffers. He's got a football director, a technical director, and Eddie Howe. Is that what you're seeing in your head? I'm saying, I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's okay. completely possible. Um, but listen, what I would say is, like, see if we went out, as much as we've been absolutely pillaring Celtic on, on this for a while, and, and quite rightly, I do I do think that if, if we went out and kind of said, right, who would our, on paper, who would a really good fit for a CEO be? I think we'd all look at this Dominic Mackay guy and go, oh, I know, I like, I like the look of that. Oh, He's I do, definitely. I think if we saw Eddie Howe and we kind of looked at him and looked at his track record and looked at where we are, he's, you know what I mean? He's he's exactly what we are looking for. So, you know, I, I'm going to give Celtic some, some credit here if it, if it does come off it. You know, on paper... Obviously, that's, that's a big thing to say, but on paper, I think it looks good. Barry, I always remember you going absolutely off your nut about Neil Lennon saying he's no bothered with doing the shape and all of that. That yeah. you're, getting, you're getting the complete polar opposite of that with someone like Eddie Howe. He'll be, he'll be, by the sounds of it, he'll be eating, sleeping, and drinking the, the shape of the team in your neck. Do you know what I mean? Like that, you couldn't get much different. He'll not be in tenants bar with his mates. Do you know what I mean? That that's. Aye. It's a different level in that respect, in my opinion. You know, these are these are guys so, coming in that are absolutely football obsessed. Do you know what I mean? So basically, on his wall, then on his wall in the office, he, he, one of the his coaches' books he read is a guy called John Wooden, who's he's dead now, but he's a college basketball like guru. So twelve championships and you know, I mean, ten championships in twelve seasons. So, so like. He's got all these quotes, he's written his books, but he, he, from what I was listening to and reading about, Eddie Howe follows him, and he's got that sort of real detailed, so things like talent is God-given, be humble, fame is man-made, be careful, conceit is self-given, be careful. Ability may get you to talk, but it takes character to get to keep you there. So he's got like, make every day your masterpiece. So Eddie Howe's talking about Every day he comes up and he gives it his very, very best. And when I'm listening to that, I'm not hearing Brendan Rogers. I'm hearing somebody that's got his own identity. He's came from like a one-parent family. His three brothers didn't come from much money. Or two brothers and a sister. So he seems to, he seems to be very, 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 very driven. And, and Barry, I've always wanted the Celtic coach manager to be a driven individual. And I'll take what it comes with that after. But if you're looking at the person he's quoting and the way he wants to shape football players, if we can get the right players to him, which is another discussion 
for maybe today or tomorrow when we look at it in stages or what what is he actually going to work with and I think when Mikey's talking about Christie like staying on I think I don't I can't see it I think they're all away I think this is a chance to get rid of all of them and then move on but what does Eddie Howe get to work with then does he get to work with I don't know Dembele I don't know does he pick up I mean this is a guy that's picked up youth players after youth players and made them better I don't know so I, I, I don't see Brendan Rodgers I see somebody that's driven and I'm quite happy with that right now as Mikey says very weak I mean sorry no you go, no, I, was, you go. I was going to say like you know he'll you know if these guys do leave you know, there's probably two or three players in Scotland that we can pick up who's the guy at Hibs is it Josh Doig or whatever you know I, yeah. I could see him like just going and there'll be a few you know, quick wins or whatever that he'll probably know about anyway and so maybe we, we go around and snap up a you know just to start with two or three of the Scottish base the better players in Scotland and yeah. that, that kind of makes a good start I don't know I, yeah because again the point is he seems like his, his big thing is, is coaching and you know getting the best out of players so I'm fairly confident that he'll you know, we talked about this before how I don't think any players under uh, improved under Lennon I think we will see a lot of he'll be able to improve improve players so he, he does a lot of video, video analysis so Mikey one of the quotes today was he said look which I was like this is magic he said look I'll, I'll say to the players the player look you're supposed to do that we trained on it but you didn't do it so then you, but he expects the player better to be professional to him so then if he yeah. doesn't do it the next week if he does it again then Eddie's like well that, that's then you, you get into confrontation you have to say him, look I've told you once I've shown you what to do and that for me is that's essentially man management that you want from a, a top Celtic coach not throw players on and see what they're going to do and I'm not really looking at yeah. learning what I'm looking at is in the world that Celtic work in we need to have these guys on their A games all the time and that double, the two double pivots, and the stuff that Martin sent over, the stuff he was doing in the training ground, the boys picking the ball up, and the boys moving the ball, and the the guys that sort are of playing in that sort of that that Italian sort of masterpiece role, these the players are just sort of knocking the ball around, and everything goes through him. The ball was moving quick, and I'm I'm delighted to see that type of football with Celtic. Delighted, if that's the case. Yeah. No, you're right. I, 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 I was just, I'm just seeing to be, I can't, I'm just looking 18 months, two years down the road. I'm just, as you say, the alert call, I just got burnt by Brendan Rogers. I was on the, the Brendan Rogers love training. I thought he was never going to go anywhere and all the rest of it. And, right. but we're all spurned lovers from, from Brendan. We need to just, listen, I, I'm the same, Bertie, but he's a unique character, Brendan Rogers. Um, you know, even in football, I'd imagine he's he's pretty conceited. You know what I mean? Like from for football circles. Um, well, I think Eddie you know, Howe I'm, would be a, Eddie Howe looking from what I'm looking at as a, a unique English manager character. Yeah, I would agree. But and and he's got different characteristics yeah. in a different way, though. You know, I, I do think that he he'll get how big the Celtic job is. He won't be looking at the way Rogers was. You know, um. I'm off as soon as I get my first offer. I just I can't I can't see him being like that. He'll want to come up and really 
in the same way he did at Bournemouth, for God's sake. You know, he'll want to, you know, it might not be successful, but I think that'll be his first thinking. And for someone that eats, sleeps and, you know, drinks football, I think the Celtic job is the absolute, uh, it's the perfect fit for you. And argue, again, that's what I say, and this is all on paper and it might not work out, but I just think, well, that's, like you're saying, Paul, everything there, that's what you, you need to obsess about football and all you know never stops at Celtic you know, and you know and maybe we're we're slightly biased in this respect but it's like well, it doesn't matter if it's AC Milan in the in the Europa League you still need to win that game and then the next day I don't care it's Motherwell back at home you need to win that and you need to win it with a bit of style that's a kind of you'll, you'll be con- you should be constantly motivated at Celtic do you know what I mean to do well and I think I, I think is uh, the Graham Hunter interview with him asked him about the Champions League and he was like well look Champions League isn't on my my, my doorstep just now because I'm a Bournemouth manager and we've got it's very interesting he said we've got a set of objectives that I need to achieve and the objectives don't include Championship manager Champions League manager so he said so he said I don't even think about it I just keep to my objectives and I said to myself well that's brilliant for me because if we give him an objective Sorry, Stephen. If we give him an objective in Europe to do something, he's going to drive himself demented to get that objective, and that can only be good because the last guy, whoever his name was, he's a legend. Apparently, the last guy did not do what he had to do in Europe at all. Never brought his A game ever in a European context and knocked his back years. Now we've got a guy who's got a chance at Champions League and a chance of European football, who seems to be a type of persona that's going to relish it. And because he talks about Stephen, I'm going to get excited now because I forgot about he could actually come in and win the Scottish Cup. Okay. He, he, he talks <laughs> about uh, uh, Real Madrid coming to play Bournemouth and they turn up with their best players, Ronaldo and different players like that. And so much he learned from uh, Paul yes, Constantine or whatever, another, another, uh, Ancelotti. So he, he, he just loved it. It's like they came and we talked for ages, and and I, I, I'd like that sort of energy and that sort of yeah, we're going to learn because I think in European football that's what Rangers have done to a certain extent. They've learned. And I'm not looking at Rangers, but we need somebody that's going to learn. Yeah, but sorry, just look at the the Europe thing. I thought about that as well. So people will say he's not got a track record in Europe. You know, anyone looks at the UEFA Cup the European, the Champions League in the last, I don't know, 10 years or more, your England English teams are always in the last sort of, a, you've always got an English team in the semi-final, you've got a lot of teams in the quarter-finals. So he's playing them. You know, he, he beat Conte when he was a Chelsea manager and he spoke about how he managed to do it. So that doesn't concern me that much. Um, what... You know, and I think probably touching on what Mikey said that if he if he adapts the team and adjusts the team, I think that's really good because that's something that Brendan Rodgers did not do, and he was so stubborn about it, and we were getting horsed and embarrassed in Europe. Like we we used to have a a really good um, home record in Europe, and it was like you know we'd really built Celtic Park and this fortress, and Brendan Rodgers destroyed that, completely destroyed it with an arrogant style of football that was not suited to his, like Craig Gordon, his sand wedge kickouts, and, you know, he was expecting Craig Gordon to pass it out from the back, and he just couldn't do it, but he kept, you know, so hopefully this guy is can adapt 
and adjust the style of football. And that's what we have to do in Europe. Yeah. They kind of said, didn't they, that um, like they were just absolutely tearing up the championship and stuff, playing like gung-ho football, Bournemouth. But then like they realised that just the reason that they stayed in the Premiership for five years is that they realised pretty soon like a lot of the championships, championship teams don't. You can't play like that in in the Premiership. You need to adapt and they become more like a counter-attacking team. Do you know what I mean? So that I think that's quite... It shows that it, he can do it. Do you know what I mean? Well, the counter-attacking um, piece is... The counter-attacking piece is actually they were a possession-paced team when they came into the Premier League, so I was here today, and then they were playing great stuff. Like, I mean, you remember watching Fraser on the telly and thinking, wow, where'd this boy come from? Yeah. And then Callum Wilson and different players like that. And then he had to become a bit more pragmatic as it, as it, as it got harder. But I think these goals to... Ratio is one of the highest. He scores loads of goals. They're letting loads of goals. And one of his critiques was they just let in too many goals. Whereas if you've learnt from that, hopefully if we get good defenders in, then the counter-attack style of football for Celtic in Europe should should it help us. You know what I mean? The possession football in Europe is okay until they score a couple of goals and you just it becomes a bit drab. Whereas if we've got good football players, it can just hit quick. And apparently Betty was all quick, decisive centre-forwards, quick wingers, and it was just, it was get that ball moving really, really quickly. And that's how he beat teams like, I don't know, Chelsea and stuff like that, and Man United. And t- a few times, yeah, that, yeah. He, he was able to absorb and then get, get the boys moving quickly. And that, for me, is what we need to be doing in Europe. End of story. We don't go there thinking we're the better team. We play pragmatically, and then we hit teams quick, fast, and then go back. Because like we, we, I mean, we played a team. Was it? Where was the team last year? Four three, or something like that. Four. Like that should never happen at Celtic Park. Never ever. You're just like it was just all gun ho, crazy tactics, and we, we need yeah. to have a wee bit more. Same ducky up front. Uh-huh. Hopefully, hopefully that won't happen again. Do you think that was Nick Hammond, Bertie, that signed him, or do you think it was Dermot Desmond? I don't, I don't know who it was, but I mean, they, they, they need to be, they need to be uh, relieved of their duties. And if it was Nick Hammond, then he, he has been. So I, I really, I've got no idea, but it's that's the most embarrassing signing I think we've ever made. Yeah. But it's so and accounting that, accounting that, your man as well, Wayne Biggins. I was at a game when, <laughs> when Wayne Biggins signed, and I was like, ah, who is this guy? I couldn't believe it. But Shane Duffy, Wayne Biggins is better than Shane Duffy. Am I better than Shane Duffy, Barry? Just ask. I, I, I would say, I would say yes. Would we not, though? In fairness, would we not all thinking when we signed Shane Duffy, he'll probably do all right for us. I just think we were all shocked about how poor he was. was. Yeah. But whereas when we signed Wayne Biggins, we probably knew he was going to be. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, mean, I, don't, I don't actually know if Wayne Biggins actually scored a goal for us. I, can't I don't think he did. Was he a trialist before he played Wayne Biggins? No, or was he just no. straight in there because we did have a couple of trialists, and that's when you knew that things were going really bad at Celtic. <laughs> had a trialist on the bench. Even was Willie Faulkner a trialist? No, no, Willie Faulkner was a. Uh... Nah, there you go. He played nine games and didn't score a goal for us. Yeah, I, just, I just remember Carol Muggleton being in goals and really wanting him to be a good keeper, but he was just terrible. He was just awful. 
Ach, ich hab gesagt, 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 ich I think we was there as well at that particular time. Uh, what would you call him? Gary Holt? Uh, Justin Whittle was there as well. Justin Whittle, uh, that's the guy. That's the, the army guys. Aye, the army guys. Aye, the chef. He was a chef, that guy, wasn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Celtic outside but of the Brits. Uh, <laughs> 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 Very inclusive. But that, club. Was a, that was a teletext. I remember, I vividly remember sitting. Just with teletext on, it was like 90 minutes. I'm like, hope Biggin scores, hope it just flags up. And it just, it's just like nil nil. And you're like, oh man. And then, like, speaking to you the next day, Betty, you're like, I was at the game last night. You're like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrific. It really was. That was, that was uh, dreadful times. But I, I mean, I go back to Eddie Howe. I think hopefully Eddie Howe will turn out all right and everything will be fine. And it will be a great appointment. And I think, but 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 the way you're all speaking about him, I think I'm I'm, I'm sort of convinced. I'm on the I'm on the Eddie Howe love train. I think Eddie Howe should be. It'll be a great appointment if if he is appointed. We, we, That's we, we did see we did see the, the the black Mercedes Jeep outside the <laughs> parkhead this evening. Hen, uh, Martin Henry sensationally broke the news. Yeah. So, did you drive by yesterday? Celtic I did, yeah, I did, I did, yeah, just to see what was what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> see, 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 talking about the, see, talking about the how, the how, the how train. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just funny. In, in South Africa, um, that's the big commuter train from the airport into the the business district in Johannesburg. It's called the how train. So I'm, <laughs> I'm telling all the all the in-laws back in South Africa, I'm on the how train. They're like, what? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh, but, train. but like, think about it. It's gonna do my crazy talk then, Betty. Can you allow me to do a bit? So you're looking a bit silly. She just, she just, she just before you do your crazy talk, right? Yeah. I seen a thing on Twitter yesterday, right? It was now to do all these things. It was you probably, you probably seen it. It was like every twenty five years ago today and mm-hmm. ten years ago today and all the rest of it. Well, yesterday, it was twenty five years ago yesterday. That George Cadet scored against Aberdeen. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, his first goal. Peter Grant. Aye, Peter Grant passed the ball through, and Cadet runs in and scores. That was twenty-five years ago. How did Paul? How did we get to that game? Here's a question for you. How did we get so to that I, game? I don't have that memory. That okay. Let's see. I'll try and remember. Uh... Do you know who took us to the game? Do, do we go? Do we go on the bus? No. No. Go on. We were still staying in Blackwood and it was Andrew Crumley. Yeah? Andrew Crumley took us to the game. And his car? And his... Yeah. Jeez, it was a blast in the past. Right. Andrew Crumley oh, took Josh us... Oh, Cadetti, And I think we, at that night we broke BBC Radio Scotland. Was it 5 nothing? Aye, it was 5 nothing. Cadet scored the fifth goal. And BBC Scotland, that it blew all the equipment and all the rest of it because the Celtic <laughs> fans went bananas. It blew, it blew all the equipment up, and they were off. They were off the radio for about two minutes, I think. 
I'd never seen. I, I honestly, again, rem, reminiscing stuff for like that. I'd never seen movement quite like that. That that Cadet, way, Cadet was absolutely that way. Wonderful. He sort of hovered slightly left or right, and he wasn't offside. Well, obviously, he was offside because <laughs> they kept giving him offside. But the way he just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Sometimes I was like, "This is, this is." I something. really liked his his brown leather jacket when he was unveiled, wasn't he? Aye. With the he sort was, of sheepskin. Uh-huh. I was against. I think it was against Patrick Thistle. He got unveiled. They brought yeah, him out and unveiled him, but then, and then, uh, would you call him Jim Farry held up his registration and never played for another three months or something? People were going nuts, weren't they, during games well, and stuff? He lost it. He out lost it. knew he was going to be so good. He lost the. He lost his job because of Farry, didn't he? Because of that. But the, he did, yeah. the, the point was, just, just for movement. I couldn't believe what he was doing. I couldn't believe the runs. Like he's 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 bending. He used to run slowly, and then the ball used to come through to him. He'd just be like boom. I'd never seen that before. Scottish strikers were different. They were like they were just different. Like I can't I can't sort of put it into words. Maybe Michael will help me. But Cadet, he was just maybe it wasn't just the hair. It was just like oh man, like it was just a joy, an absolute joy to watch them. Forget about the other players. It just—I couldn't believe how good he was, just for that short spell, you know. We'd have won that league easy that year. Farid let him through easily. I know. Oh, well, you talk, somebody mentioned Jock Brown earlier, and I always remember because it was Jock Brown that sold them, wasn't it? And I always remember him coming on the TV, Jock Brown going, "Yes, he's informed us that he wants to move to somewhere in the Iberian Peninsula." <laughs> Could you not just say Spain and Portugal? Joke. <laughs> 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 Where did he go? I think it was Celta Vigo, wasn't it? Was well, it Celta Vigo? Yeah, it was. Was well, he never really hit the heights after that? Cause, like, no, I didn't. Unbelievable! What a player, man. I know. Brilliant. But I mean, so anyway, you can you can carry on with your funny stuff now, Paul. If you... No, 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 no. <laughs> I just I was. Uh, no, I wasn't good. I wasn't. Actually, this is one of our sort of nicer chats about football. I don't have to do any funny stuff tonight because I'm, I'm just before you jump on. See, you know, your how your how Eddie how he's, he's got a very friendly face. I think, and I think that he has. He he's has got a very. Has. He's got quite boyish sort of look, you know, and I think he will attract the females into the into the club as well. <laughs> but one of the things that you said that he didn't really have a good background. I've been over to his his birthplace in Amersham. Um, and it's a very very affluent, affluent area. He um, said he's a single. His mum was single. I bet she, Is that why you were over there? Sure <laughs> 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 took her to the the Chiltern Hills up there. Um, I'd be interested to see what he thinks about the HS two. Um, but I'm sure none of the Scottish media will be asking him about I'm that. Ch- I'm going to change my. I'm going to change my. I'm going to change. He's got a very friendly face. The start and, of the uh, podcast. Looks like somewhere. a very likable character. It does. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He should in, get in sort of a yeah engage with the fans and. I like him. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I do. I like. I do. I do like him. I do like him. But as I said, we we'll just remains to be seen. We'll see how it goes. Oh, but that maybe. I'm not going to do any crazy talk, but that. The fact that I never thought about that, like, if he gets unveiled tomorrow, tells John Kennedy to beat it, takes over the reins and just absolutely has won the Scottish he Cup. He wins the Scottish Cup. I'd be we, a bit beat, we beat Rangers at Ibrox, we stopped the Invincibles oh, and then we win the Scottish Cup. Can you imagine that? Like, you'd be that thinking, could be the best summer ever. Aye. 
See that? See that? That's really, really starting to go on my wick as well. The invincible tag. You're not invincible. St Mirren beat you. You're not invincible. St Mirren put you out the cup. That's really, really starting to annoy me. Ah, uh, Rangers can go through this season as, as invincibles, as unbeaten. Aye, but you have been beaten. St Mirren beat you. I know. But I would like it. I would obviously like it if we, if we beat them. That would be great. That would really put the icing in the cake. That would be good. That would be a good end to the season, I think. And then, so, so what about the the football strip? Then is this a new strip that's out, or what's the story? Is this? Uh, is it out? Strip, I don't think it's out yet, but that's. Uh, I don't think that was the, the one I'd I'd sent on the other day. There, I don't think it's a kind of concept kit. I think that's it. It's pretty much the same as the one that they've got just now. I think. Celtic but, uh, stuff's brilliant. They can just keep on, you know. If, if Eddie oh, comes in, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk in a Celtic shop and just leave my card behind the, the desk. To be honest, <laughs> tell us when you're doing that, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have that. I'll have that. Wait, I'll have that extra large, large I just in case I put on yeah. a bad weight, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, definitely. I would, I would be the same, Mikey. I've, I've been, see, to be honest, right? Sometimes of an evening. I sit there and you're sitting Michelle's watching I don't know Coronation Street or whatever it is who's watching the telly and I sit there and I find myself flicking through the, the Celtic FC store online right and there's a big sale on it at the minute right mm-hmm. and I'm like ah, that's a cracking top that CD shorts I could, I could really go them shorts <laughs> and I'm, I'm pulling the reins in and I'm just like ah, nah I don't want to give him any money at the minute <laughs> Because I'm not really, I'm not really happy with what's happened. But as Mikey says, if Eddie Howe's announced, I think it'll be, I think I could be a couple of hundred pounds on its way to the, the coffers of the Celtic store. Did you notice as well? There's also some financial products that Celtic are offering. I mean, I, 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 Martin, does Martin Henry fill out the, the, the thing then? Right, and the guy's been phoning them, but they're not really the thing is the Celtic. It's not like we're offering it. We're basically a middleman for someone else, so <laughs> we're, we're doing like Avon rep for financial products. You know what I mean? It's like it's incredible. Well, as I said, the Fed is appointed. The Fed is appointed. I might as well fill in the forums as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get some guy on the phone. You going? You know why I save money? No, no. You know why I save money in your car insurance, mate? You call yourself a Celtic fan? <laughs> 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 so we're, we're, we're there then so in summary uh, Betty was a bit flat when he came on but I think he's probably nerves now Betty because you're with Mikey Dahl and Mikey's yeah, obviously Stephen was very very relaxed <laughs> but uh, the point would be then that this is, it, this is, this is a new focus for us because to be honest the last six months have not been kind to us in terms of just like what is going on and like but but now we've got something that hopefully can gain us some sort of momentum and then we can get into the Euros and all that carry on that stuff the Euro stuff's just I was like oh come on I need to go and look for some of that like the KT stuff I'd love to get a lot of memorabilia for you know what I mean that'd be brilliant wouldn't it but the Betty how things could it just could oh could we if we won the Scottish Cup that'd be absolutely tremendous wouldn't it as my yeah, father would be. say an old firm cup final as well that'd be great Celtic Rangers cup final and we beat them 
Så här, tre får man Han bara missen Bara Jag tänker på stäng Jag tänker på stäng med Nidu Jag tänker på stäng med Nidu Det är mycket skönt som pointer Jag ska kunna säga det här Det är det ting Du vet, du vet Du kan kolla mig Du vet, du kan kolla in, in Scooby-Doo, they have the unveiling of the of the criminal in Scooby-Doo. You know I mean, it could be like we unveil it, and it is Roy Keane. You know, the the face pops up. I'll do one um, podcast myself, just running away like Roy Keane's gonna give it to them. <laughs> I know we, we, we have been stung in the past, but this we have to make sure that the contract's signed and um, hopefully yeah. it'll so, be unveiled. So the soon. last question, then, because I, I know you're, you want to go. Here's a question that I had to myself. Scott Brown then Eddie Howe comes in tomorrow Do we play Scott Brown? Now he's in Aberdeen Do you just no, drop him? Aberdeen. I know I know Because like, now he's, he's away now So he's absolutely no use to us Do you just drop him yeah. now? I would I would I don't know if this is maybe a bit the, the, the sentimental thing or whatever I would just bench him I would have him on the bench for all the games and then the last game of the season or whatever, I'd bring him on for the last 10-15 minutes. And then that's him. Yeah, he goes. It's interesting. I wonder who, because Celtic did offer him an extension to his contract for one year. And I don't know if it was Peter Lowell that did that. I, I completely agree. But there's no room for sentiment. He gets the Danny McGrain treatment um, for, for me. He gets farmed out to the Ackies. Yeah. <laughs> He's already had his, he's had his testimonial. It's like, what more does he want from the club? I know, I know. Okay, so there we go. The, the new, a new dawn, hopefully. And is, is I was just going to say oh, as well. Oh, sorry, Paul. No, just the Jack. Did anyone watch the Jack Charlton? Like, oh. see, see, my synopsis. What? Right, it was, it was amazing. What is that on? What is that on, Steve? Is it on BBC iPlayer or what? Or is it? It's on BBC Two, so it must be on the iPlayer. I've not seen it yet. Oh, shoof. Still got something in my eye after watching it, to be honest. Aye. Very emotional. I can't watch it. I just can't watch it. I've watched stuff. There was stuff on Eilish TV about Jack Charlton. I, I, me and Joshua watched it. And it was great. But it was all upbeat. Ding, 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 ding. It was showing you all the goals and all that. It was great stuff. But when I, I seen the one, I think it, does it touch on dementia and stuff like that? I just don't want to go there. I don't like that sort of stuff because it's just, ugh. Yeah, it's all mixed in though, isn't it, Stevie? It's not just about that. It's really well done, I thought. Oh, it's good. I mean, it's, there's a lot on uh, Ua, Paul McGrath and things like that and what Jack Charlton... Well, I was just going to say, sorry, that's why I jumped in. It's just that they had notes. So Jack Charlton took lots of notes and they, 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 they sort of had a, a bit like a museum. Like They had a, a display of all his notes. And one of the ones in the middle was Jock Steen. It's basically, I think it actually just said, play Jock Steen's tactics. Something along those lines. <laughs> I yeah, I saw that as well. It was amazing. But what was funny though was with the wee Irish boy, right? So there was basically Jack Charlton's just recently. I don't know if he's been appointed the Irish manager or, or yeah, I think he had been. And this Irish boy was probably the same age as Joshua, and he was interviewing Jack Charlton. So Jack Charlton's thing, no, oh, it's just sound funny. And the wee boy goes to ask his question and makes a mistake and he goes, ah, he gets quite annoyed at himself. And then the wee boy's first question is basically, he's like, so what do you, what's this about the English press saying that you're, you're what do you think about the English press saying that you're a bunch of mercenaries all playing for money? And 
Jack Charlton's just like, you know, and it was just, it was a brilliant question because it was all, obviously Jack brought all the English players, Scottish players, anyone, you know, Tony Cascarino didn't even have an Irish granny in the end. Just, you know, and it was, it was, but his answer was fantastic, wasn't it? Like, he, he, the way, he, you know, he spoke about the Irish emigrating, you know, it's time to bring people in. Yeah. Time for us to come back and like yeah, pay our kind of dues or pay our respects to you guys. It was just like, oh, that, what an answer as well. You know what I mean? It was just brilliant. Where did you start crying? So was, Mikey? Was, was Jack Charlton? Was Jack Charlton ever linked to the Celtic job? No. I don't know, but remember, like back in the nineties, if you watch all the old videos of like the St Patrick's Day massacre and all of that in Scotsport, like he'd come over and do the halftime analysis and stuff like that. Like, aye, Jack that's Charlton, right, aye. half his players were playing for Celtic. It did go on a bit though because it goes on for about an hour. I thought it was only on for an hour and then it went on for about an hour and a half or something. Aye. Did you watch the end of it? Did I you? did, I did watch the end of it, yeah. It's, uh, it's a very strange relationship with his brother, Paul. You know what I mean? It was quite interesting <laughs> to see that dynamic. Stephen, it's your birthday one, Stephen. I mean, I might drop uh, a big present well, on your doorstep. There's a certain birthday before before mine's. Um, oh, Brian George Bridges, is it? Yes. You might get those Celtic shorts, Bertie, soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing as well. Like, I was like, is this the first Celtic manager? Again, you can correct me. I was thinking, could this be the first Celtic manager that's younger than me? But he's not. He's forty six. Is he forty five? No, he's forty three. Is he's not forty three. Is he? Yeah, he's forty three. Aye. She's date of I thought he was older, just slightly. Oh, the first Celtic manager that you're older, Paul. Is... You not? Do you not count John Kennedy? No. No. Stupid. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> Wait, Born in just... nineteen seventy seven. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's. Oh man, he's two months. He's two months. September. I was born in September. I'm two months older than him. Oh man. Oh are. no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm not happy about that at all. There we go. And that bombshell. Eh? Paul's an old, <laughs> old geezer now. <laughs> Talk about old geezers, uh, Mikey. My, my dad gets his fifth on today through the post. So. I was thinking there's only a, a handful of Scotsmen, my fifth dad, my dad's got one of them, so that was for his 70th birthday, the, the SJF and the British Journal Federation. And they said in the, be- the bottom of the letter, they said something like, Mikey, what did they say? They say, you've got to just make sure you take this responsibility or something like that. It's like really nicely put, but it's still saying to a 70 year old man, he's just got to, it's a big responsibility and he has to, you know what I mean? Which I think is really, really funny because I was thinking, is my dad just going to head off to the dance with me? He's fifth dad. I just thought that was a really strange comment. But like, I'm like, is he really, is it really going to, this is it says here, I am sure you will be aware of the responsible position that you now hold as a registered BGA fifth dad, British Euro Association. I am equally certain you will continue to uphold the good reputation of her, our, our association enjoys. So, 
Like, I'm just hoping my dad does that. <laughs> does, it, does, it go, does it go off? Yeah, slight bit of pressure there. Bit of pressure. I just didn't ask in the morning. Just starts taking... cuts loose. I throw people in the freezer cabinets and stuff like that. You're like, dad, is that my fifth one? <laughs> it's like, Rachel says to me, like, Paul, you never do as you're told. But, like, if I get that letter, I'm like, are you okay then? <laughs> oh, my kid. Last, last, last thing, I, got, I went to... So, basically, you're allowed to go to Bray now but it's not until the 15th of April. So you're allowed to go to Bray, which is outside my county, but it's... So I'd, I'd, Rachel came down, I said, look to her, she's like, look, you can go to Bray now. And I just, I knew there was a, like a, a time limit on it. And because my girls are really sort of, they're like, well, you're on the 5K radius, blah, blah. But and Wednesday I went to Bray. I just, Sophie's like, where are we going? I'm like... I put on that MC Hammer Pray song, like, we're going to pray. Hey! <laughs> and I had the best three hours of my life, Berry. In Bray. Aye. Running run, run the gauntlet, Berry. Aye, run the gauntlet. Broke the borders. So Break what? for the border. Remember, there was a pub in Aye, yeah, I think it's the still border. there. So I was that to be Joshua. <laughs> I was to be Joshua. I was like, Joshua, look, we just have to keep. There's loads of police around us. Like, we just have to keep it calm. Josh, that's just great. It's the seaside, Mikey. It's great. We'll go there with a picnic blanket with Jock Martin's baseball, wee baseball bat at Yankee Stadium. We're smacking balls around the, the beach. I was sending Willie Nan pictures of or videos to Michelle because Willie loves Bray. And then uh, I called, so I was, I think I was winning the baseball. Sophie was winning. So I called Josh, uh, you know, catch that boy, ball short pants. So Joshua then turns around, 10 years old, just goes absolutely mental. He's like, you're not calling me short pants again. <laughs> dives on me, Betty, like Judah. Dives on me and just starts whacking the living daylights out of me. Like there was teeth. I'm like, Joshua, this isn't, you know what I mean? Like, giving your dad a good old-fashioned kicking on the beach isn't keeping a low profile. <laughs> Don't call me short pants again. He's giving it. I'm like, all right, you're okay. So that was our, that was our, uh, and of course I like into trouble when we got home, but it was well worth it, well worth it. But I just can you say, Bertie, what was Noah's first class when he was back? For his, was he one day a week? What was Aye, it? So, so Noah goes to, Noah, Noah's back at school one day a week now. He's in third year at high school, so he's back one day a week, right? So it was in, his first day back was like, I think it was two weeks ago, and Wednesday. And what did they have, Mikey? When you have P, double P. <laughs> you know, uh, honest to God, what is going on? Double P. Timetable's a timetable, better, you know what I mean? You can't. It is, it is. So, the kids, are, the kids are back for a week in Ireland or two weeks, a week, I think. And the Friday, it was a Friday before they go for the Easter break. And the, the school finished at 12 o'clock. I mean, they're just like a Saturday horse. <laughs> I was like, what? 12 o'clock they finished, Betty. The uh, teachers I'm have to get the holidays as well, Betty. Well, that's what they do. So just in case Annie Barbara's listening, I mean, teachers yeah. have to get their holidays as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fantastic. We'll wrap up now. Uh, great, Stephen. That was, that was one of your... your I was... I was Insightful, well, you did. You lots, brought a lot to the table tonight, young Stephen. And uh, maybe she got a massage. Maybe she got a massage every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Full well, so Mikey and Bertie did as well, to be honest. Aye, uh, Mikey and Bertie. Oh, I did get a massage. Oh, right, aye, sorry, aye. <laughs> 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 
didn't, I didn't mean bring to the massage table. I meant to the, the table table. I get you now, man. Sorry, I get, I get you now. Sorry, I was just, I was really yeah. defensive there, you know. I don't like a bit sorry, a bit jumpy, but just there. We'll just <laughs> I was just going to say just finally sorry I mean but in Cham is in Cham coming back or what is yeah I've seen oh that yeah Cham and Cham's coming back yeah but I mean Eddie Howe might be able to get a tune out of him well, he's, he's a decent player he's just a you know he is, he is a good player I think Eddie, Eddie might be, be able to get a tune out of him because yeah. I think there's something there I think we all need to thank Brendan for um, getting us to knock back that 12 million offer for him from Porto aye cheers Brendan Aye, cheers, you've done well there. Yeah. Oh, we can't finish the podcast in Brendan Rogers. Chat. Sorry, I know, I know. Someone so, say something about but, Eddie so, Howe's lovely face. <laughs> but that was funny, <laughs> but that was funny in Google. It was, uh, does, I'm writing, does Eddie Howe support Celtic? And it's, does Eddie Howe wear a wig? I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> so, uh, I think yeah, a, I think so Barry. Fan. I think he's an Everton fan. He's an Everton fan, yeah. So, Barry. Great, Mikey, fantastic. Your your solids are rock, Mikey. That was brilliant stuff. Barry, we just have to see. Maybe we'll get a wee Zoom quiz tomorrow, and we'll get Annie Claire on. She'll just give you that stare again, Barry. See, football's yeah. all about opinions. And yeah, just look at you, Barry, and you're like, you football's all about opinions, but you don't do that to the club. Oh. <laughs> 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 and I uh, appreciate everybody listening to us because I don't even check our listening viewers our listening figures they keep going up you know up and up and up so obviously it's uh, now we've got uh, we've got four people on the pod now and Betty's back I can see it man I think we might knock another pod you're off next week aren't you Betty? I'm off next so, week yeah we'll maybe knock another one in and uh, and uh, they call it and uh, fantastic thanks for listening to us guys thanks for taking the time tonight and enjoy your evening enjoy your Easter and hopefully Eddie Howe is going to be the, the man that will bring the Scottish Cup back to paradise thanks guys take care bye bye thanks a lot cheers, cheers.